evening and welcome to Relationship Game Changers, The Call. We're excited that you're here this evening with us. You could spend your time anywhere this evening, but that you chose us. We are extremely grateful to God for your choice. We love you. We bless you. And we do this call. We've been doing this call for now over two years because we believe that's what God has told us to do, and we are watching lives change as a result of this call. And so we appreciate you. I know Amy says that all the time. I echo, echo, echo her sentiments. We appreciate you so much. And our desire is that each one of you uh, grow and move and inspire and, and just increase in your spheres of influence. And so we bless you and we thank you again for being a part of this call this evening. We appreciate you so much and love you. Well, the purpose of this call is to declare kingdom principles in relationships and uh, that God would glorify himself, that we would develop and grow as kingdom citizens and all of the rights, the authorities and privileges that he has given for us. And so that's what we do, the format of this call. I'll give some announcements. We'll pray. I'll share a little bit. And then we will pray uh, the word that has been spoken. So we bless you again in the name of Jesus. A couple of announcements. As many of you know, on Saturday, we were in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. We had people on the ground, and we had people on Zoom, and we were declaring kingdom marriage in each of those places. And one of the surprising things that happened, that the last place we were was Virginia, and God began to speak to singles. And it just so resonated in the people's spirit that were there that we set up a Zoom call three days later on Zoom, and we had uh, about 15, 20 people attend that call. I think maybe about 15 people attended that call. So we believe that God is doing something. Uh, Amy used the word, and I've been using the word resurgence, that there's going to be a resurgence of family in this nation, beginning with marriage. And, you know, I just think it's so interesting that God is using the unmarried or singles who desire to be married to usher in kingdom marriage. Why? Because they have an opportunity to go in marriage unscathed by some of the religion and religious teachings in marriage. They have an opportunity to set a precedent. And so we are going to be available and supportive to teach kingdom marriage to those that desire to be married. I don't know what it looks like, guys. All I know is there's something that God started on Saturday. We had a first Zoom call, and we will just wait and see what God says and does next. And so we're excited. Thank all of you who are on the Zoom call or on the ground. We appreciate you. Certainly cannot. We would be foolish to think we could do this thing without you. And so we're very grateful for you. In August, we will be hitting some other states. We will clue you in as we firm up the details. But we're going to continue to go to all 50 states and U.S. territories declaring kingdom marriage as the mandate from God. And we're just watching God. Each call, each state is different. And it's just amazing what God is doing. And so, again, we just thank you so much. And 
Most of you know we have been transitioning or migrating most of what we do to Facebook and Zoom to increase our ability to interact with each other. And, you know, it's hard when I can't see you. I like the interaction. I like to be able to see your faces. I know some of you don't like all of that and you just like the call, and so we're continuing the call. But we want as many of you to hang out with us. Uh, I know some of you aren't on Facebook, and and I get that, I understand that, and I respect that. But if you are on social media, then please choose to hang out with us sometime at Relationship Game Changers. You can do so by liking the page. When you do, you'll get little notes when things happen on that page. And we're trying to do more live on that page to stay in touch and to engage you because we want to talk to you. We grow and change in relationship to one another, and that means we've got to talk. We have to exchange. We have to interact. And so we want to increase the interaction. To do so, we've also created the private Facebook group, Relationship Game Changers. And you can go to relationshipgamechangers.com and find out all of the information about that. Every Monday I go live in that group. It is interactive, and uh, it's, it's just been amazing as God is adding to what we're doing, strengthening relationship game changers so that we can go out and represent his kingdom in the earth in the midst of some of this chaos. And so we bless you. And then one other thing, um, as you know, we do three days, uh, three sessions to a breakthrough coaching, many of you. Several of you, I should say, have taken us up on that and have, and have experienced changes in your life. And I said to you that uh, from till July 31st, it would be 297 a month. And after that, it would go up to 397 a month just because of the, t- the time that it's involved in ensuring that you get your breakthrough. And so we're going to do that. So, again, if that's something you're interested in, Text Amy tonight at 678-754-0867. We'll give out the number at the end. And so, again, we want to get you through that process that you can experience the freedom and the breakthroughs that some others have experienced having gone through that. It's exciting to me. I just talked to a young man tonight, 21 years old, and I tell you what, God is doing something by joining the generation and just watching what God is doing in some of their lives are just just amazing. So get in, get what you need, and so that you can go and do what you need to do in Jesus' name. And what we do in those coaching sessions, we quickly get to the root of the challenge or why you're stuck in a relationship or in life, and then we look at practical answers and then encourage you to take those steps. And, and I tell you what, people are experiencing change in three days. And I'll tell you this, if God, if Jesus can die and God can raise him in three days, uh, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And I believe the hour that we're in right now, God is accelerating some things. And so I want you to be a part of that and don't miss out in Jesus' name. Well, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you. Lord, we call upon the spirit of truth tonight, God. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the spirit of truth. We thank you that that truth, God, separates God and distinguishes God. Lord, our thoughts from our motivations, God, what we're doing from why we're doing it, God. Lord, I thank you that the spirit of truth, Lord, just separates us to yourself 
in so much as we welcome it and embrace your spirit of truth. And so tonight, God, we say we are willing minds, we are willing hearts, God, and we open ourselves to the spirit of truth. Now pierce the darkness, God, in Jesus' name, and let the glory of your light rise among us, God. And we say, rise, Lord, and let your enemies be scattered in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Well, I want to read a few scriptures to you tonight. Um, And as always, I tell you all the time, go back and check these scriptures out for yourself. Read them. Ask the Lord to verify them in you. He says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. And I would tell you in this hour, anything that's spoken to you, you need to go back and check it out and ask God about it. Um, because uh, I, I, you just got to do that in this hour. You got to do that in this hour because otherwise we are susceptible to being misled. And so I ask you to do that with me. Go check it out. I know sometimes even Amy, I'll say stuff, and she'll tell me, you know, the next day, uh, Kim, I had to go back and, and check that out and see what you were saying. And thank God, you know, he's confirmed it to her, <laughs> independent of me. But if I'm instructing and encouraging her to do that and she labors and partners and assists me in ministry, oh, my gosh, please do that. Please do that. Why? Because you're needed now, and you need to hear God for yourself, and you need to know that he's speaking to you even when it comes through another person in Jesus' name. Well, let me read you some scriptures, and I want to talk a little bit about the spirit of truth tonight and relationships. So in uh, John fourteen sixteen through 19, Jesus is praying and says, or Jesus is speaking and saying, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. So Jesus is praying to the Father to give us another helper, and that that helper is going to be with us eternally. And then he names the helper. He named the helper spirit of truth. He says, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And then in John 16, I'm sorry, John, uh, yeah, let me just read John 16. Let me just read John 16, 13. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Another translation says he will not speak of himself, but basically he will speak from the one who has sent him. And then in John fifteen twenty six, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, and he will testify about me. So we know something about the spirit of truth. One, he's a helper, and two, he will testify about Jesus. The spirit of truth testifies about Jesus. In Revelation, it says you will overcome by the blood of the, the lamb and the testimony of Jesus. 
So I often tell people it's not what you've been through that, that, that's so important. It's what Jesus has brought you through. See, the difference is the focus. When you talk about what you've been through, that's what you've been through. But when you talk about Jesus and what he's brought you through, now you're testifying of Jesus. And our testimony should always reflect Christ and not ourselves. And then in uh, 1 John 4, 6, it says, we are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So if we were speaking the truth, that means we're testifying of Jesus, and then it says he who listens to the testimony of Jesus and receives it is of God, but he who does not, he who knows God, let me give it back. We are from God. He who knows God, listens to us. In other words, if we are testifying from the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth is testifying of Jesus, and he who knows God listens to them because they're testifying of Jesus, and he who is not from God does not listen to us. So here's a way we can distinguish truth from error. If we are testifying, if we are speaking about, if we are glorifying God, then those that are of God will hear us, and those that are not of God will not hear us. And this is how we can distinguish the spirit of truth from that of error. And then 1 John 5, 6 says, This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with water and with blood. It is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is the truth. And so the spirit of truth has come to help. The spirit of truth has come to lead and to guide. The spirit of truth has come to distinguish truth from error. And right now, we need the spirit of truth operating in our lives, in our nation, like at no other time because there's so much word twisting, so much gaslighting going on in our personal relationships, and even on a local level, on a national level, there is so much twisting and manipulating of words that we must be able to distinguish truth from error. And the Bible says that it is the spirit of truth that is responsible for distinguishing. So you and I aren't even responsible for distinguishing. It says the spirit of truth is responsible for distinguishing. This is how we will know the truth. And then 3 John 2 says this, 2 through 4. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in every way and that your body may keep well even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. In fact, I greatly rejoice when some of the brethren from time to time, arrived and spoke so highly of the sincerity and fidelity of your life, as indeed you do live in the truth, the whole gospel. I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my spiritual children are living their lives in truth. 
Wow. So John is saying he had no greater joy than to hear that his sons and daughters in the faith are walking in truth. Wow. So that means that there are those, if we can walk in truth, it also means it also means that there is a possibility that we're not walking in truth, that knowledgeable people who know God's word are walking in deceit, lies, and pretend. Did you know it's harder to pretend than to be real? I know it seems easier because, you know, as God delivers us from pretense, we work hard to develop the perception we want people to have with us. doesn't matter if we're it or not. We've just worked hard at having or creating this perception. Some of us create the perception that we don't need anything. We, don't have, we have difficulty asking for help. We don't ask for help. Why? Because we got this. We got this. We learn to depend on ourselves, handle our business, and some of us learn that the whole that Christianity is about giving. So as long as they're giving, they're fine. But when they're in need, they can't ask for help. They have difficulty receiving help. Some of you on the line have difficulty receiving help. That's a problem. Here's why it's a problem. Galatians 2.20 says, we've been crucified with Christ, but nevertheless we live. It's not us. It's Christ who lives within us, and this life we now live We live in response to him who's living in us. In other words, the whole Christian life is about responding to him who is alive within us. So if you can't receive, then how do you respond? Let me let that sit for a second. If you have difficulty receiving love, how can you respond to love? If you have difficulty receiving help, then how can you respond when God sends help? That's just really something to think about because the Christian life is one that is living out of something you have received. And so many of us try to live, preach, and pretend out of something that we haven't received, and so it's like hard work. You know, the Christian life was not intended to be hard work. It was intended to be a response, which doesn't mean we're not going to have hard times. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have difficult days. By the way, thank you all for those the kind words. Many of you know that I lost my, my dog of 10 years yesterday, and to appreciate the significance of my dog, Judah, Uh, He was 10 years old. Uh, He was four years old when my ex-husband decided to leave. And Judah, he, he, I mean, he just stuck to me like glue. Wherever I went, he was there. I mean, he got me through one of the most difficult, most painful times in my life. And yesterday, uh, he was having, I gone away and come back, and he was having difficulty breathing and difficulty walking took him to the vet and brought him back home, got some pain stuff for, and some stuff for arthritis and just some joint stuff, and he wasn't improving. And so yesterday I asked Amy to come with me and to go to the doctors. Um, 
And so we went to the doctors, and the choices were, and the, basically the doctor said that uh, he had uh, lymphoma and that it's aggressive and that she could refer me to um, an, uh, an emergency consult to an oncologist, and they perhaps could do some aggressive therapy. Well, take that back. She said I could take him home, but she didn't think he would make the weekend, or she could have me go see an oncologist for aggressive chemotherapy, um, and maybe it would help, maybe it would extend his life, maybe not. Or she could give him a steroid shot and um, that he would definitely perk up unless he had an adverse reaction. Um, but at best, that's going to give him two weeks, uh, two days to two weeks, and it, the hope was that it would shrink the tumors in his, in his neck. And then the third option was to put my dog down. And so, and she said I could bring him home for a couple of days and decide about it, but my dog couldn't walk. And so I had to make the best decision, and he had difficulty breathing, and he was eating not enough food to sustain his life. So in that moment, I had to make a decision through the tears and all, what was best for him? And so to appreciate the difficulty of that decision, again, he was with me from 10 years, from four weeks old. And... Um, the most intuitive dog that I have had. And so we decided to put him down, and we stayed there and went through the whole process with him. But that night, I had a call, and I had to keep going. And so the point that I'm making to you is it's not that everything's going to be easy. It just means that God will give us the grace and composure to make the choices we need to make and carry on with his will for our lives. And so it, it, it's not that the Christian life is easy. It's difficult at times. And that's why we have each other. Let me also say that walking in truth doesn't just happen because you're a Christian. It doesn't happen because you go to church. And it doesn't just happen because you pray, whether in your English or whether in tongues. It just doesn't happen. Walking in truth. Remember, uh, John said, I have no greater joy than to see that you're walking in truth. And I believe that's the joy of the Lord, when he sees us walking in truth, not talking about it, but walking in it. Walking in truth happens choice by choice, moment by moment. We are establishing whether or not we are abiding in truth. Every decision you made today was a confirmation that you were abiding in truth or not. And so we get to make these choices, and they're conscious, intentional choices. You know, you can say all the right things, and your behavior contradicted. We can get to church and talk about how blessed and highly favored we are and all the goodness of God and all that, but what happens when you get home? What happens in the car? You know, you're blessing everybody at church, and you get in the car with your spouse or you with your kids, and you just let your tongue fly. Is that abiding in truth? No. But every day, moment by moment, we get to decide whether we're going to walk in the truth of God or we're going to walk in error or in a lie. And God has such a vested interest in you and I seeing ourselves as finished, as whole, and as complete, the glory of God in us. Why? Because when you see yourself as God sees you and you identify with him, then responding to him becomes easier. But when you don't see yourself 
and identify uh, yourself with God, it is harder to respond. Example, if God says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made and beautiful, but I don't see myself as beautiful, then I am not able to take part in the beauty of the Lord or the beauty that he's assigned to me or that he has for me that was intended not just for myself, but as an opportunity for others to come know him. So wherever you're not identifying with Christ, wherever you're not seeing yourself as he sees you, you're incapable of walking in truth. Matter of fact, you cannot believe a lie and practice the truth. That's why I do these three sessions of coaching. Why? Because there's so many of us that are believing lies, and it prevents us from walking and practicing the truth. And if we can't practice truth, if we can't walk in the truth, then how, pray tell, do we glorify God in our lives? So that's why the spirit of truth comes, to shine his light in the dark places. And one of the places he does it, there's a scripture, and I'm looking for it real quick. Just hang on one second because I, I want to find it. It's in 1 John, and it's so important because it leads into what I want to share with you about relationships. Listen to this. In 1 John 1, it says, and I'm reading the Amplified so you get it. We are writing about the word of life. Him who existed from the beginning, listen, whom we have heard, whom we have seen with our own eyes, whom we have gazed upon for ourselves and have touched with our own hands. John is describing a relationship. He's describing a relationship. He says in verse 2, and the light as an aspect of his being was revealed, made manifest, shown, and we saw as eyewitnesses and are testifying to and declare to you the life, the eternal life in him who already existed with the Father and who actually was made visible was revealed to us as followers. Then verse 3, What we have seen ourselves and heard, this is what we're telling you so that you too may realize and enjoy fellowship or relationship as partners and partakers with us. And this fellowship that we have, which is distinguishing mark of Christians, listen, the distinguishing mark of Christians is fellowship in Christ in the spirit of truth, this is a distinguishing mark, is with the Father, with his Son, Jesus Christ. So in those three verses, John is revealing a relationship. And why that's important? Because you and I have a, you and I have a relationship with God, we have a relationship with ourselves, and we have a relationship with others. But sometimes we don't see ourselves as God sees us and other people see us. So there's three things that relationships do for us and who the spirit of truth is intimately involved in this work. So I want to share with you the three things, and then I want to pray that the spirit of truth reveals these things, and you'll be able to see them and embrace them. And Paul in Thessalonians says, there are are those who refuse to welcome the truth and embrace it. 
and their end is destruction. So our hope, the Bible says God is truth. He is truth. And the spirit of truth has come to illuminate our understanding. Oh, my gosh, we need life more than ever, not only in this nation, not only in our churches, not only in our friends, but in ourselves. Listen, the more light we have in us, the brighter we shine to those that need him. And when we're shining like that, sometimes we can walk in a room, we don't even have to say anything. Have you ever walked in a room with somebody, uh, in a room full of people, and someone just stands out for some reason? And then later you find how much they love Jesus? Oh, my gosh. That's what God wants to do with us. He wants us to be burning so bright that there will be no confusion about who we serve and who we are because we walk in the light as he is in the light. The Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So it's not just confessing the light. It's not just confessing the word. It's not just teaching the word. It's walking in the light that you and I are able to fellowship with one another. And we're able to do that whether we're male or female, whether we're black or white, whether we're rich or poor, we are able, guaranteed, to have fellowship if we will walk in truth. So relationships do three things. The first thing they do is show us who we are. They show you who, what you could be. They show you what's possible. They show you what the, the, the glory of God on your life. They call out, as my apostle says, they call out the you in you, not the you that you might think you are, but they call out the best in you. They call out the glory of God in you. They call out the uniqueness in you. And if you don't have people around you calling out, Lord, you're, 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 as God sees you, the glory of God, your uniqueness, if they're not affirming your gifts, if they're not just making room for you, if they're not celebrating who you are in Christ, You've got to have these people in you. Why? Because they're calling you to destiny. So you've got to be part of tribes that are calling you forward. They just do. They speak to the you and you. They tell you things about yourself that are consistent with the word of God, and they keep saying it. And you know why they keep saying it even when you don't believe it? Because God said without faith it is impossible to please him. So he will put you in relationship with people that have the faith to be able to see who God made you to be, and they're calling it out. And you want to be around these people because they speak to your destiny. Relationships do that. You've got to have relationships in your life that are speaking to your destiny, that are seeing perhaps what you don't see, and yet it lines up with the word. Today, this 21-year-old guy, he had a college full scholarship to play football at the UGA, went to UGA, and he had told me that his desire was to use football as a tool, that he was better than that. He wanted to use more than his body, that he had more to offer, and he wanted to tap into that. So I began to speak to the him in him, and I mean, and you could just see the continents change because somebody was believing with him what he believed about himself, and those parts of him that he wasn't quite sure about that I saw, I spoke in accordance with the word of God. You've got to be around people that are calling out the best in you. And, and I tell you, it's even more beautiful when those people that are calling out the best in you may have seen you slip up, they might have seen you fall, but they don't, they don't see you based on what you did. 
They see you based on who you are and what you could be. That's what Jesus did. People love to be around Jesus. You know why? Because they saw the possibility of what they could be in another human being, but they also saw what they were not. And that's the second thing relationships do. They show us who we're not. They show us where we need to grow. They show us and place um, pressure on us to to have an opportunity or an invitation to make different choices. Because remember, walking in truth is choice by choice. And if you don't see different, you can't be different. So the second thing relationships do is they are designed to show you an aspect of yourself that you may not see. You could be denying it. You could be lying to yourself. Because all of us, I remember my daughters told me one time, she said, well, Mom, with all due respect, uh, our job is to deliver you from one lo- one deception at a time. I don't know if that's how they said it. And I had to laugh because really the whole Christian life is about walking out, walking out continuously and increasingly into truth. And if we're walking in truth, we're walking out of lies. If we're walking in the light, we've walked out of darkness. And that's God's joy for you. That's his desire for you, that you would go and grow and make an impact in the, in the relationships that he's called you. But there's some things about each of us, areas that we need to grow. And so the things, and how do you know that? Well, sometimes it could be something you admire in somebody else. And you say, wow, I want to be like that. That's different from comparing. That's like God showing you something in somebody else. And he says, listen, he gives you the desire to do what pleases him. So if something that you see in somebody else resonates you and it's just like, wow, you want to walk in that level? Well, that's your relationship. And I'll tell you what happens. You don't get it by just saying you want it. You don't get it because someone just spoke into your life about all you could be. You get it in relationship. I say to people, to parents all the time, your kids are not living out what you taught them. They're living out what you've lived into them. They're living out the relationship. And here's another thing I would say to parents, and it's crucial in this time. Whatever you don't deal with in your life, whatever you don't allow the Lord to deal with in you, you are leaving it for your kids to deal with. Because when you deal with it, you get the privilege now of taking authority over that thing and breaking the cycle of it in your kids. So whatever you don't deal with, your kids are going to deal with. And let me say it another way. Your kids are a gross exaggeration of you. What you've done in moderation, they tend to do in excess. So we have a vested interest in really getting in this relationship with God and diving deep and asking God, why do I admire that in somebody else? And giving God the opportunity to teach us why we desire that in somebody else. Another thing, another way that you'll know that God wants you to grow in a particular area is through offense. Relationships, remember, they show us who we are and what we could be, but they also show us who we're not. And so when you become offended in relationship, it is an opportunity to ask God why. Why do you need to ask God why? Because there's something in you that triggered offense. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it could be righteous indignation. But before you get to be righteously indignant, make sure that there is a purity in your heart and that whatever's in you that's impure already made its way to the altar. 
I remember one time I was on staff at a church, and and the pastors were very supportive of this couple. They were doing some things and major amazing things and deliverance, and people were getting free. And I had a check in my spirit about some things. And um, and but before I went to the pastor, I said, you know, I prayed. I said, Lord, if there is anything in me, if there's listen, if because their ministry was growing, and I said, God, if there's any jealousy in me. Please expose it, God. If this is motivated, if my concern is motivated anything other than your spirit, then God reveal it to me that I can repent. And I prayed that way, and I sat with that word. I prayed. I didn't. I didn't pray and then just get up and go went to the pastor. I prayed and I sat with it for a couple weeks, and nothing came back to me. So I said, Well, Lord, do you want want me to say something? And I just sensed that He did. So I went to the pastor and I said something to him. And the first, one of the things he said to me, well, their ministry is growing, and you just need to pray about whether you might be jealous or not. And I was like, whoa, okay, God, we, we did that before I came. Now, I love this pastor. Huge church, growing, and, you know, but there's a human, there's, there, we, we all get it wrong sometimes. So I, since I had already done that, I knew that my heart was pure. And I told the pastor what my concern was, and the Lord said, that's all I asked you to do. So I went away, and the ministry kept going. And then one by one, people started going to the pastor about this. So then the pastor called this couple in, and he invited me into the meeting. And the Lord said to me, don't say anything. Just watch and observe what's going to happen. So I didn't say anything at all. And the very things I told the pastor came out in the meeting, not by my mouth, but by other people's mouths. And long story short, that couple ended up leaving the church. So what am I saying to you? Often, yes, something was triggered in me. And I have to ask God, Lord, is there something in me that you want to purify? Is there something that you want on the altar that I haven't put on the altar, God? Is there something that you want to exchange with me? Because God is never about just calling you out just to call you out. He's not interested in your dirty laundry. He died for it. He just wants you to come so that he can make the, make the exchange in real time. So that the finished work and all that you are has room, space, and opportunity to show up because you've been cleansed. So relationships show us who they're not. If you're married, you know this more than ever. You know this more. The thing that irritates you most about your spouse is an area that God wants to deal with you and to help you grow. I don't know what it is, so I can't tell you what the growth piece is. But we can, we can help you get there. The third thing, without belaboring it, the third thing that relationship does, relationships do is they take you where you cannot take yourself. I say it all the time. One, there are no self-made people. There's nothing that you have that has not been given to you. And you can say, well, I work for this and I earn this. Maybe you did. But if we're talking about you, can, here's a real example. I worked and I earned and I saved up money and I bought the car. You would not have that car unless the dealer gave you the keys, and accepted your credit worthiness and your money, you would not have that car. That dealer had to release the car to you. So despite all of your work, someone still had to release it to you. That's the way it works in the kingdom. You sow, and then there's a reaping, whether it's a blessing or a consequence. So we can't get this twisted. There are no self-made people. 
Relationships are designed to open doors and take you where you can't take yourself. That's why who you're in relationship with is vitally important in this hour because they are living a life into you, whether it's unto death or unto the glory of God. It's so, so important in this hour that you understand that relationships, if they're happening now, you don't have to agree with what I'm saying, but it's already happening. Your relationships are already showing you what is possible. And if it's not in line with God's word, you might want to check that. Maybe God is having you to modify that. Maybe God is having you to do something differently. And maybe God is having you to make some changes in your relationship because until your destiny is spoken to, how can you act on it? See, I believe Joshua knew he was next in line. I believe that Joshua knew that, God, uh, that, that Moses, his relationship with Moses was grooming him to take over for Moses. But there was still a point where Moses had to take Joshua up on the mountain and declare before the people who Joshua was and how they were to respond to him. So even though Joshua was prepared, even though Joshua at some level knew what he was supposed to do, he couldn't get himself there. And you and I need people to take us to our destiny. But that is very different. Let me see who I can hang around and network with who's like me. Do you understand most of the places I've gone and the destiny, and as I move toward my destiny and that trajectory, it's not been with people who I thought could get me there. It's not been with people who uh, have um, the same call or agenda in my life. So we can't just say, and many times the people I've qualified, God's disqualified. And many of the people that I just didn't kind of disqualify, what I found is that one of the things that irritated me about them is that I saw that aspect of myself in them and I didn't like it, but it was easier to deal with it in them or condemn it in them while I was justifying it in myself. Isn't that how we do it? When somebody comes and confronts you because they're offended, how many of us start explaining our actions as if it changes what that person felt by our actions? And then you go to somebody and you tell them that you're offended and you don't want to hear all of their explanations. You just want to be validated or affirmed or them to acknowledge that what they did hurt you. And until they acknowledge what hurt you, you're not even available. You don't even want to hear why. And so we excuse or we condemn in others what we excuse or justify in ourselves. Relationship game changers understand that they need to be around people that are calling out their destiny, that are speaking to their future now. Because the only faith that's available is now. The Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So you need people in your life that see your future but can speak to it and speak to you about it now. You know, it, it, that person, when you're struggling, when you fall, they're not going to focus on the fall. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm raising my kids. They're grown now, but when I did, and they did something that I didn't like or that was unbecoming of them or the Christ they said that they believe, I said, that's not who you are. This is who you are. 
Let's talk about how to get from there to where you are. And I constantly held before them who they are. I told them because that's the responsibility of a parent, whether spiritual or natural, is we tell our children who we are. And that's the problem with some of the stuff going on that we see in our nation right now. We're letting kids decide who they are. You don't get to decide who you are until you reach the age of accountability. Up until then, I am responsible, whether spiritual children or natural children, by declaring to them who they are, not just in my prayer closet, but who they are. I would tell my children all the time, you're wise. You're wise as a serpent as your harness is dove. You know how to read between the lines. You know how to see and understand what people are saying and what they're not saying. And I'm telling you, and Amy knows, she's, she's grown up with my children, take, has taken care of my children. I always speak truth, and I always speak forward in their lives. Doesn't mean I don't deal with the mess up. Oh, yes, we've used the rod. But it's always with an eye to who I want them to be. I raise them with leaving in mind because they will need to be able to leave me to fulfill their destiny. And that's what I believe God wants for all of us. He wants the spirit of truth to come because no greater joy does he have that you and I would walk in truth, and we do that one decision at a time. There's no cumulative buildup. Today's decision, you've got to start making new ones tomorrow. And they may be the same decision, but every time you make the same decision, you are growing stronger and stronger, and stronger. I remember people uh, used to say, I mean, just, you know, I, I mean, you, you speak truth, but you, you're just hard. You're just, you know, unkind. It's like, God, I don't want to be unkind. I don't want to be, I want to be gentle. And, kind. and so do you know, I remember this. I'm sitting at my desk, and I said, I am the kindness of God. And I would repeat that so much. And do you know what the number one thing people say who meet me outside of speaking like this? You're kind. You're gentle. Well, where did they figure that out from? I prophesied it, and I became it, and it became undeniable. We must become the word, people of God. The world needs people in whom the word has become flesh, and that's why we need each other. That's why we need relationships. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the spirit of truth would come into each one's lives tonight. Lord, I thank you and I praise you that we are becoming a people of truth. Lord, that the spirit of truth, we welcome you now. Lord, we embrace you, spirit of truth. We understand spirit of truth from this day forward. You are testifying of Jesus Christ. Lord, let our testimony be of Jesus Christ, not what we've been through, but what he brought us through by his grace and his glory. Father, we thank you and we praise you that as relationship game changers and as kingdom citizens, God, we speak truth in love. We live truth. We're cut by the truth. Oh, God, help us, Lord, to endure the blade of the sword, for you called it a two-edged sword, for it's designed to cut us first, God, so that we'll be careful, God, when we're wielding it in others' lives, Father. I thank you that your word, God, is true. Let every man be a liar, God. I thank you that heaven and earth would pass away, but your word would remain, God. I thank you that your word is true, God. Spirit of truth, we call upon you now, God, and we invoke your presence. We say invade our hearts and our minds tonight, God. 
Invade the heart and the minds of your people, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you would bring into their lives relationships, God. Lord, that would just, Lord, prophesy about who you called them to be, God, and that they would declare their end from the beginning, oh God. I thank you and I praise you that you would, Lord, send people in their lives that would build them up on their most holy faith, God. They would not point out their faults, God, but Lord, would point out your glory in their life, God, that would see their uniqueness, God, and lend their faith to facilitate you bringing it a pass in their life. Oh, my gosh. Let me just say this to you. In the area that you're weak and in the area that you struggle, one of the reasons you're weak and struggle is because you don't have enough faith for God to pull you through that thing. So he will bring somebody in your life. Thank you, Jesus. He'll bring somebody in your life who has the faith to believe in the area that you're struggling, and he will use that person's faith to pull you through in Jesus' name. And that's why you need strategic relationships in your life. You need people that can pull you through where you don't have the faith to believe for yourself. Oh, my people of God, relationships are strategic in this hour. You've got to have three kinds of relationships. Oh, Father, send the relationships, God. Oh, send the relationships, God, that are speaking destiny, that are speaking truth, that are walking in truth as an example, God. Send the relationships, God. Lord, the game-changing relationships that will help us to see ourselves, God, that we can to see what we're not, Lord, so that we can put our whole selves on your altar, the place of exchange today, oh God. Lord, help us, God, that we can see, that we can tear down the altars that don't glorify you in our life, God. That, Lord, we would just, Lord, come to you and lay on your altar, God, Lord, until you raise us up in Jesus' name, and then send forth the relationships that will lead your people to destiny, God. Oh, Father God, be big in your people tonight, God, that they might be big in the earth, God. You have made them to be the head and not the tail, God. They are more than conquerors to you who have created them, God. Now, Spirit of truth, we release you tonight, and we say, go forth, go forth, go forth, and testify of Jesus tonight in the heart of your people, and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't normally do this, but I think what I'm going to do tonight is if you have a comment or a question, we're going to be off of this line at 9 o'clock, so be quick. But if you have a comment or a question, then you can star six and we will answer it. We're going to finish at 10. So uh, be quick, God. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I just sent somebody's on the line, and I don't know whether it's a comment or a question, but God wants you to learn how to use your voice. And that means... When you show up, after you show up, you have to speak up. And so we're creating this space for you right now to speak up. Why? Because when God does things, I like when he does it organically and not mechanically. Like I said, I don't do this every week. So if this is your space, if this is your time, we're making it available to you. And yet the choice is yours. So we're just going to wait a minute. If that's you, star six. 
and otherwise we will go on after this minute. Yes, I do have a question. If yes. I'm um, a procrastinator and I know it, and how do I how do I pull myself? How do I get into the slump that I'm in? But what do you mean? How do you get into the slump? How do I? I'm sorry. How do I get out of the slump of being a procrastinator? How do I break that? You'll need a relationship. The third thing relationships do is they take you out of and where you can't go. Mm-hmm. So if you okay. if you know it, you know it, right? You know it. Yes. Yes, I know you it. You own it. You own it. And yes. my guess is you've tried real hard not to be a procrastinator. Is that right? Yes, yes. Okay. So we know what you can do. And what you can do got you where you are. Is that correct? Yes. So you'll need a relationship to help move that thing forward, to move forward. That's number three of what relationships do. So that would be my answer to you. You need a relationship. Because I don't want you to keep hitting your head up against the wall. I don't Mm -hmm. want you to keep being frustrated. That's not God's intention for you. You've got stuff to do. Yes. And you're holding out. And you know what? When you do, you're depriving others of the glory of God in you. Mm -hmm. So you you have to decide what relationship it's going to be. And, and you have to go for it, and you'll have to trust it. And nine times out of ten, that's going to be a relationship where someone's not a procrastinator. Because proca- another procrastinator can't help you. Right. <laughs> so, and the, the, the unco- right, the uncomfortable part is someone who's not a procrastinator um, will likely get on your nerves before, or it, it might be difficult initially for you because they will be taking you out of a comfort zone. Now, I'd also say to, the, to you this. Procrastination, underneath procrastination is fear. The question is what fear is operating that causes you to use procrastination as a coping skill? That's the question you, you might want to ask the Lord. What fear is, is, what fear is motivates me to use procrastination as a coping skill? Did that help some? Yes, that's amazing. Yes, thank you. All right, all right. Well, praise God. Thank you for taking the courage to speak up. I didn't know who it was. Like I said, I don't do this every week. Um, but, I, you know, when God stops, you stop. And I'm learning, like you, how to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and not just run with what I'm trying to do. And I tell you, every time I stop and pause, God does what he wants to do. So bless you, Madeline. Thank you so much for speaking up and and saying something. I'm nine times out of ten, that is someone else's question in some form or some fashion. So you just help probably several other people. <laughs> great, great. Thank so, you. Yeah. I love when God does that because whenever he does something, he thinks about everybody. So I know there are other people on the line that have that or a similar question. All right. Amy, did I miss anything? Right, I guess I see Amy, but I can't hear you. Well, we're going to keep it moving then. Uh, let me just say this again, just uh, FYI, on August 1st, three sessions to a breakthrough coaching goes up to 397 today through Friday. It, uh, through Friday, it is 297. We have had testimonies on this line of people that have gone through that series and the breakthroughs that they have, they have, have, uh, 
have experienced. And so at 12 midnight, or definitely on August 1st, uh, it will go up to 397. So if that's you, please, and you want to take part, please text Amy at 678-754-0867. And if it's an installment thing you need to do, just have the conversation with her. Don't miss out. Um, when God wants you to do something, he provides a way for it to get done. And so we love you. We appreciate you so much. And thank you for showing up each week. We are growing and changing. And thank you for telling people about this line um, because they, I don't know who they are, but again, we're growing and, and it's, it's, it likely has to do with you telling people about what you experienced here. And you can do that tonight again by um, going to Spotify and in the search bar, it's an app, so you may need to download it on your phone, but you type in the search bar, I still need to change the name, but currently it is Marriage Reform with Kim Moore. And as you see, it's not simply about marriage. Uh, marriage Reform with Kim Moore, and you'll get, I'll post this one, um, and then all of the ones previous. And, or you can dial 605-475-4980, and the access code is 341-000-POUND. And the reference number for today's call is 111-POUND. I want to tell you something interesting about that number. My dog passed yesterday at one. 11 p.m., 111. I also want to tell you that tonight's call is 111 pounds. I want to tell you that on Saturdays, three days from when God gave the word to singles, we're on a call with 15 or so people, 16 people talking about that word and what God is saying. I want to tell you that in three days, Jesus died, was buried, raised from the dead, and ascended to the, in three days. Three days. So a lot can happen in three days of coaching. And so I encourage you to check it out. Uh, if you want to join the private Facebook group, Relationship Game Changers, love to have you there. Each Monday I do teaching. All you need to do, and I interact, and all you need to do is go to relationshipgamechangers.com and get all the information. Love for you to take the journey with us. You're able to ask questions there. I interact. We're getting ready to do a challenge if you're uh, in that group. Uh, it's just amazing. And I'll just give you the first half of the title of the five-day challenge. is called Permission Granted. And some of us need permission. <laughs> so stay tuned. It is 8.58. I told you by 9 o'clock. And so I'm going to hop. Yes. Excuse yes. me. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm Darnell from Jacksonville, Florida. I call up, listen every week. Could you please have them to spell the name, um, the last name of the, you know, for the prayer call in the morning so I can spell get the last name. name. Spell oh, their names, the you know, and their last, the last names when they come on to pray. Yes. Oh, oh, you're asking me. So when people come on the line to pray in the morning, you're asking would, would they spell their last name for you? Yes, because I don't understand it, you know, because I you know, special Pastor Michelle Carell, you know, okay, I need to know okay. a lot of the names that are, you know, we just need to know how to spell them. Okay. I know that I do. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that suggestion, and I will certainly pass it on. <laughs> thank you so much, and I love you. You're welcome. I've been, thank you I've so been much. listening. Okay. Blessings to you.
you. God bless you. Well, we love you. We appreciate you guys so much. And if there's anything that we can do for you, help you, serve you, we want to see you fulfill your destiny. We want this nation lit up with kingdom-minded relationships that are bringing about change on massive levels. And it's not that so much one person, it's each one of us doing what God has called us to do with the highest integrity and the greatest glory and anointing that God will give us to do it. And so we are here for you to that end. You can email me at Kim, and my last name is Moore, Kim at Moore, M-O-O-R-E, on relationships.com. You can like the Relationship Game Changers Facebook page. You can join the private group. You can do coaching, lots of stuff you can do. Hang out with us. I want to meet you. I want to find out what God is saying and doing in your life and how we might be able to help. God bless you. Take care. Good night.